Loudspeakers are very good at filling rooms with sound, but you had very little control over where the sound was or where it went. Loudspeakers always spread sound everywhere and the sound always comes from the speaker. And I thought it would be really cool and interesting to do something different where maybe you could make sound appear from places where there was no speaker, or maybe you could make sound that could be delivered to one person and nobody else would hear it. What the user gets is something that looks like a speaker, more or less. It's very thin and flat, but it has the controls that they're familiar with. It has the input and output functions that they're familiar with. And it sounds like a loudspeaker, but it makes a very, very tight beam, as tight as a light beam or as tight as a laser beam that you can shine to a very specific area or a specific person without creating a lot of noise that's gonna bother other people nearby. Welcome to the Sound in Marketing podcast. Today we'll be talking about directional sound, something that I just recently discovered and am super impressed. I see so much potential in this technology being able to guide us into a new era where touchless environments and experiences will be imperative. To explain what directional sound is and to explain his technology specifically, I invited Joe Pompey of Holosonics to tell us a little bit about what directional sound is. Today on the Sound and Marketing Podcast, I am joined by Dr. Joe Pompey of Holosonics. Welcome to the show, Joe. Thank you very much for having me. Happy to be here. I go down rabbit holes all the time with uh, sound and marketing and just audio in general. And just recently, I became fascinated with the idea of directional sound in marketing. And I came across uh, Holosonics and I just saw so many really cool, cool examples of how you can utilize directional sound with your marketing. I'd love it if you could introduce yourself and your company and just kind of bring some people up to speed on what you're doing. Sure. I'm the inventor of the Audio Spotlight directional sound technology. Uh, Audio Spotlight was a technology that I originally developed at MIT as a graduate student. It was the subject of my dissertation, and it was something I was absolutely obsessed with doing. And it's a very, very different technology than traditional loudspeakers. You speak about rabbit holes. Um, you can't get any more off the grid as far as uh, acoustics than Audio Spotlight technology. It's just so much different than anything else out there both the way it works physically and how it works as far as the listener's perspective. So it really is a, a very unique product that opens up a lot of different possibilities that aren't possible with traditional loudspeaker design. Early in college, I was an undergraduate and I had been working at Bose Corporation for many years and uh, I really had a great time there. I was the youngest engineer they ever hired when I was 16, I was uh, hired and they realized they, I could use, do regular technical work. I could do engineering work even in high school. And I was kind of being groomed uh, to be one of their researchers over the years and uh, worked in a lot of departments, learned, learned a lot of things. And toward the end of my time there, I really started to become interested in what loudspeakers couldn't do well. You know, loudspeakers are very good at filling rooms with sound. They're very good at making you know, an enveloping uh, large sound scene, but you had very con little control over where the sound was or where it went. You know, loudspeakers always spread sound everywhere and the sound always comes from the speaker. And I thought it would be really cool and interesting to do something different where maybe you could make sound appear from places where there was no speaker, or maybe you could make sound that could be delivered to one person and nobody else would hear it. And I thought this would be really interesting to work on and uh, you know, I was really quite obsessed with it, but I couldn't get much support within the company. You know, I was a headstrong 22-year-old kid and uh, thought I knew everything. And you know, I brought it to the executives and said, I really want to do this. And 
they said, ah, yeah, maybe it doesn't really seem to, to be realistic. It doesn't sound like something we're interested in. And uh, so I went to my colleagues and, you know, my coworkers and, you know, I was just the, you know, the young kid in the lab. And I, I told them I was disappointed that I couldn't work on it. And they said, you know, you know, don't let these idiots stop you. You know, if you need to do it, do it. You're 22 years old. You've got no family, no mortgage, no bills to worry about, you know, just go do it. And I said, yeah, you're absolutely right. So I left and, uh, you know, went off to uh, MIT eventually, uh, where I brought the idea to the media lab and said, you know, I want to make the audio spotlight. And every other department I went to, every other university I went to expressed extreme skepticism over whether this could actually work. Uh, you know, and, and especially the experts in acoustics, I think, were most vocal against it. Uh, in fact, including Amar Bose. And what happened was I applied to the media lab with this radical idea of making the audio spotlight. And Nicholas Negroponte, our director at the time, uh, asked about it, uh, you know, asked a bunch of uh, physicists and uh, other people around MIT, you know, what does this kid think? You know, does he know anything? And uh, in fact, one of those people he asked was Amar Bose. And all of them said, without exception, you know, the kid doesn't know what he's talking about. This is totally unrealistic. You know, this is a harebrained idea. It's just not going to work. Don't bother with it. And Nicholas, to his credit, said, well, this is exactly the kind of kid I want in my lab. <laughs> Admit him right away. Bring him right in. <laughs> so, you know, I have to thank them all, all the skeptics for uh, getting me admitted to the media lab. And I had a working prototype within six months after being there and, uh, you know, started publishing and, uh, you know, showing it off. And it uh, really became a, a favorite demo of the Media Lab. And, uh, you know, people really enjoy it. And it's a really unusual experience. It was a little ahead of, ahead of its time, I would imagine. <laughs> Sometimes I think it still is. It's, yeah, it's, it, it was. You know, the thing with the technology is once I started to work on it, and what happened was I, you know, like any good graduate student, you know, the first thing I did is I went to the library, tried to learn everything I could possibly learn about, you know, possibly making sound uh, using ultrasound. Actually, maybe we should back up a little bit uh, and describe exactly what it is physically. You know, when you have any sound source that you're familiar with, whether it's somebody speaking or a loudspeaker or a phone or anything at all, the way sound is made is that some membrane vibrates. You know, something vibrates and moves the air and creates sound waves. That's how all the sound that you experience is created. The audio spotlight is very different. And it's the only device in the world that uses ultrasound to create audio. Now, ultrasound is just sound waves, but it's way outside your hearing range. What happens with the ultrasound is that as it goes through the air, the air causes the ultrasound to change into audio as it travels. So the sound that you hear from the audio spotlight is not made by the speaker you see. It's being made by the invisible beam of ultrasound that is in front of the speaker. Now, if you want directivity of any wave source, whether it's light waves or sound waves or radio waves, anything, there's only one way you can do it. And the only way you can create a directive source is to have wavelengths that are much smaller than the source of the waves. So in the case of radio, you'd need an antenna that's much larger than the wavelengths of the radio waves. For sound, you would need a speaker that's much, much bigger than the wavelengths of the sound. But that's very difficult with sound because typical wavelengths are feet you know, inches to feet. And making a big loudspeaker kind of defeats the purpose because if you have a speaker that's 50 feet across, it's not going to be very selective on who hears it. So the only other thing to do is to make the sound waves very small. And that's where the ultrasound comes in. So the ultrasound has wavelengths millimeters. And those wavelengths create a directional beam very easily. 
But like we said, we don't hear the ultrasound and we rely on the air to convert that ultrasound into audio. So all the sound you hear is made by this invisible beam of, uh, of ultrasound that turns into a loudspeaker in midair. So the sound you hear is literally coming from midair. That is so fascinating, seriously. Um, I, I actually worked in admin and I worked in ultrasound in admin. And so like by talking about, like, cause I, I sort of understood that technology from that route. This is like blowing my mind that my day job actually applied to what I went into full time. So, <laughs> so great. crazy. So going on to this, and this might be a little too nerdy for some of my listeners, but um, when you have this directional sound uh, and you don't have a speaker to amplify it, how do you play with like equalization and compression and like manipulating the sound to to be big and bombastic or just kind of whispery and small? Is there a possibility of doing that? Oh, luckily, you can do all the same kinds of signal processing that you do with regular audio. So from the user's perspective, we made the audio spotlight as simple and familiar to the user as possible. So when you get the device, it has a regular audio line input. It has volume controls, EQ controls, compressor controls. All of that is built in, and it all works just like any loudspeaker would, except the sound that comes out comes in a very narrow beam. So while there's all this very interesting technology behind it using ultrasound and everything, that's really pretty invisible to the user. What the user gets is something that looks like a speaker, more or less. It's very thin and flat, but it kind of looks a little bit like a speaker. It has the controls that they're familiar with. It has the input and output functions that they're familiar with. And it sounds like a loudspeaker, but it makes a very, very tight beam, as tight as a light beam or as tight as a laser beam that you can shine to a very specific area or a specific person without creating a lot of noise that's going to bother other people nearby. I read almost all of your articles on your page of the examples that you've been uh, doing with the technology, and it's just so cool. And I'd love for you to speak on how, how your technology is being utilized nowadays. Sure. The biggest general application is to preserve the quiet. You know, loudspeakers and sound systems are used widely all over the place, and they work great. But for those who don't want to hear the sound, that sound turns into noise. And it's really helpful to be able to control who hears what or to have lots of sounds in the same room, one for each person without creating a cacophony or a mess, and really to preserve the quiet that's important in a lot of environments. So the biggest markets for us right now, I would say probably are places like museums where they have lots of sounds in small areas or they want to preserve the quiet in the background without creating a lot of noise for others. And things like digital signage for uh, retail displays, kiosks, and information so that the people who are interested in the audio information can hear it, but the people nearby aren't bothered by it. Uh, we do a lot of installations in places like hospitals for the nurse call stations, for example, so they can hear the alerts and communication without it being blasted to everybody else. And we do the patient rooms as well so that the patient can lie in bed comfortably and watch TV without bothering their roommate. Or some places have even installed audio spotlight speakers to deliver sound to their visitor. So their visitor can watch TV while they're waiting for their loved one to rest and heal and without bothering the loved one who's sitting feet away. So there's a lot of these really nice niche applications um, that the audio spotlight provides. So I think those are probably our largest ones. And then libraries is another interesting uh, one because libraries are the most forbidding places for sound systems to be. You know, people say you can put a speaker in the middle of a library. And we say, well, yes, 
Uh, our speakers are used in libraries all over the world for uh, information displays, kiosk type applications. And in fact, New York Public Library has a great installation where they have rock bands set up for the kids to play in the middle of the kids library. And it's only heard by the kids playing rock band and it doesn't bother everybody else in the library. It's just a, a you know, radical idea uh, that works surprisingly well. And they're also used for specialized advertising purposes, which we can get into and uh, other kinds of uh, marketing applications as well. Now, going back to museums and hospitals and such, is there any way to utilize the directional sound with voice activation? So like, for instance, could the from the nurse's station, could the nurse communicate with the patient um, uh, from another room or in a museum? Could somebody going into ask for more information about a display? Could they ask for that and have some more information given to them? Or is that just technology that doesn't play together yet? Well, that's technology that's very easy to get to play together. We focus on the audio spotlight speakers themselves, and they'll reproduce whatever you feed them. So for special applications where you have two-way communication, things like that, that's all off-the-shelf stuff, and that's introduced as needed for the application. So the customers who need that kind of functionality can usually do it themselves using existing PA-type equipment, and we just serve as the final loudspeaker that's delivering sound to the listener. I think that's great because I've touched on this before about sound and healing and how it can play a part when uh, you're in a hospital and you're constantly being bombarded by nurses checking and uh, checking in or disturbing you or whatever. I feel like this could definitely be a way for them to get their rest, to get their recuperation so they could get out of the hospital because that's always the idea. It's huge. In a hospital setting, the patient needs to be comfortable and they need quiet, they need to rest, and they need a peaceful place. In most hospitals, people are being bombarded with noise from all kinds of sources like PA communications, test equipment, people shouting at each other, or people watching a loud TV nearby. To be able to provide a very quiet and comfortable environment for a patient is a huge value, and that's something that you know, we've seen the Audio Spotlight be very successful in doing. And just going a little further into this, for, for devices like smart speakers, is there a way to program directional sound that comes from the information from the smart speaker into an individual, or is that, that that's competing speaker with directional sound? No, that's actually a very nice idea, and it's something we've been experimenting with. The, you know, this gets into the consumer markets. You know, we have historically have been mostly into the professional markets, you know, the libraries, museums, you know, in-store displays, digital signage, those kinds of things, you know, they're professional applications for public environments. We've been looking very carefully at the consumer market for, you know, a variety of applications and smart speakers is one of them. Again, it'll reproduce whatever signal you feed to it. So if you wanted to use it like uh, a smart speaker, like an Alexa type device, you certainly could. And in fact, we've prototyped this and showed it off at CES a couple of years ago, where we had a audio spotlight speaker rigged to a gimbal and an Alexa type device. And we did this with colleagues at a company called Exmos, which makes voice recognition and uh, voice detection. Their system can figure out where you are when you're talking to your smart speaker. We married that with the audio spotlight so that when you said, you know, hey Alexa, the speaker would know where you were and point the audio spotlight speaker at you. Oh, cool. So you could have a private conversation with Alexa. 
And that worked quite well. And that's still just been a prototype phase, but it's a really nice concept. And I think it's something important because you don't always want Alexa to be blaring all over the house. Sometimes Alexa should just whisper to you. And with the audio spotlight, she can. So maybe maybe in the future, it would be you'd set up your individual profiles and then your profile that you don't want the directional sound in where you want everyone to participate. Yeah, you could say, you know, hey, Alexa, please speak only to me or, you know, please follow me, something like that. Or if you have something private that Alexa might know is supposed to be private, like an email or alert or something like that, even if it's not private, maybe you just don't want to bother people with the noise. And uh, maybe Alexa knows that it's only relevant to you. You know, there's no reason everybody in the house needs to hear it. You know, it could just be pointed right at you. And that technology exists right now. It's really more of a, a matter of getting the, uh, the package just right and integrating and doing all of the other things with uh, product design. But the core technology works. You know, that's more or less ready to go. That's very cool. Yeah, I could see like if you had Asana tasks or something like that or Slack reminders uh, for while you're working, you wouldn't necessarily, your kids wouldn't be interested in hearing that. Um, so you could have it individualized. That's really cool. I like that a lot. Right. Or even if it's something mundane, like, you know, listening to TV or a podcast, you know, my kids don't want to hear my podcasts, but we could have Alexa follow me around or Google home or whoever follow me around and project just the podcast, just to me. So I can have private listening without headphones. And uh, that's something that's a very unusual experience, but it really does work. Oh, I tell you what, I'd be listening to so many more podcasts because my kids can't (laughs) listen. I start thinking that I'm listening to a G-rated podcast and someone will throw something out there. I'm like, well, that one's done. I can't watch. I can't (laughs) listen to that one anymore. (laughs) I I listen to mine at two times the speed, so they usually can't understand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing that I saw on your site um, that I would thought I thought was so cool is. Um, outside billboards that you're working with directional sound on outside billboards? Yeah, this was a really unique installation. It's not a big part of what we do, but it was really cool. A marketing company, uh, Blue Blast Media, came to us and said, you know, they had a contract with A&E, you know, the TV uh, network, and they had a new show that they were uh, wanting to promote uh, called uh, Paranormal State, if I remember correctly. And, you know, they wanted to make, you know, make some splash with it. And they had these billboards up in Manhattan on the sides of buildings. And the marketing company asked if it was possible to put audio spotlight speakers on the rooftop and beam whispering sounds of people walking by on the sidewalk. (laughs) And I said, yeah, let's try it. You know, that sounds kind of cool. Let's let's see how it works. And so they did it and installed it and it worked surprisingly well. It was an eight story tall building. They put two of our speakers up on the rooftop beaming whispering voices of the ground and people would walk by and the billboard would whisper at them. (laughs) Do you believe in ghosts? Well, I do. And let me tell you why. And people would look at the billboard. They think it was cool and they'd uh, pay attention and it was memorable. So it was a great marketing success for them, I think. And uh, it was very effective. You know, it was really very directional, even at the ground level. I remember seeing, I was watching people for quite a while walk through this. And I think the best testament was, you know, a couple walked through the beam and one of them turned to the other and he said, did you hear that? And his wife said, hear what? (laughs) (laughs) And then I knew it was perfect. You know, that was, there's no better testament to that. Uh, So that worked quite well. And uh, it was uncanny even for me hearing it. Another effect from the audio spotlight technology is that no matter how far away you are from the speaker, it sounds like it's right next to you. It's a very strange effect. It's a purely psychological effect. It's, you know, it comes from the lack of reverberation 
and the lack of reflections. So your ear doesn't know that it's far away, so it assumes it's right next to you. But it's a very strange effect. You know, you could be walking down and you hear that sound clear as day right next to you. And uh, it just, uh, you know, it's very surprising for most people. It's an unusual way to experience sound. To learn more about holosonics and what they can do, I'll include a link in the show notes. Tune in next episode for my conclusion to our talk about directional sound. Joe is full of really great examples of using this fascinating technology, so you don't want to miss it. For more of the Sound and Marketing Podcast, don't forget to follow, subscribe, and share. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Stitcher. For inquiries on producing and developing your own podcast, or for inquiries on sonic branding and sonic branding consultation availabilities, you can find me at Dreamer Productions. That's D-R-E-A-M-R productions.com, LinkedIn, and Facebook. You can also email me at Gina, J-E-A-N-N-A, at dreamerproductions.com. All links will be provided in the show notes. This episode was produced by Dreamer Productions and hosted, written, and edited by me, Gina Isham. Let's make this world of sound more intriguing, more unique, and more and more on brand.